Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mood, the thoughts that get you out of the mood, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. This is episode number 136, The Downsides of Unshaped Desire. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for today's episode. But before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that we are switching back to an audio-only version of the podcast. We are constantly looking for ways to improve things and make your experience the best it can be to meet your needs. And we have learned that the audio version is how you are digesting this information, most likely while you are doing something else at the same time, multitasking at its best. This is seriously one of the best things about podcasts is that we can educate ourselves at the same time we are exercising, doing laundry, running errands, or working on a project, maybe even during our lunch break or tinkering with something in the garage. We are also hoping to shorten each episode just a little bit so that you can get through it just a little bit quicker and put the information into practice sooner. So with that being said, let's dive into this week's topic. So today we are going to take a closer look at some of the downsides of desire that we haven't shaped with purpose. Now, what we mean by this is a deeper focus on shaping our own desire, not our spouse's desire. And what happens when our own desire is not observed, not questioned, not challenged, and not developed? We are talking about desire that is left to run amok on its own, which allows it to continue to grow in a way that is immature, not beneficial to the marriage as a whole, and maybe even potentially harmful or damaging. Now, it's important to know that this works for both sides of the coin when it comes to desire. This means this is the case for the spouse with the higher desire, as well as for the spouse with the lower desire. Both types have their positive and negative attributes. But what if we don't really know that? What if we think, all desire is bad? Or what if we think that our desire is the right one to have and that our spouse's desire is not? Well, I think we all know where that can lead. A lot of frustration and resentment. So let's look at what some of these downsides of unshaped desires are. One, desire that is neglected and not developed can leave us too much in our head thinking about a million other things that are going wrong in the relationship or things that our spouse probably isn't doing well enough in our mind. When this happens and we decide to be intimate anyways, we will continue to be in our head, continuing to think these things throughout the lovemaking session and becoming totally distracted, especially for us women. Being too much in our negative brain space will make it very challenging to feel the beautiful aspects that can be experienced with intimacy and therefore making everything about it 
feel empty and dark. Two, desire that is never observed or shaped on purpose means that it can slide under the radar and may never receive the compassionate care that it deserves. This can easily lead to negative emotions that constantly keep running on the back burner, creating all types of frustrations. This type of apathy also leads us less informed and less intelligent about how our own body is working, whether within limitations or without any. This can leave us not present to the reality of ourselves and can easily lead us to not being as present during intercourse. Three, one downside of desire is when we think that our style of desire and even arousal is the right one and that our spouse's is the wrong one. This will lead us to try to change our spouse and to try to change something that is written in their DNA. This will be extremely frustrating for both spouses. Going even further down the downside is that when we think our way is the right way, we also think our way is better, more correct, more intelligent, more intuitive, more spiritual, or even more enlightened. This means we can become prideful and stubborn when it comes to how our spouse is experiencing their own desire, which of course will end up being very limiting to the relationship. Four, when we simply fulfill our spouse's sexual needs and neglect our own, we are simply starving ourselves of all that we long for when it comes to the sexual part of the relationship. And on the opposite end, when we simply say we need to have our sexual needs met because that's just the way we are, we may be living in overindulgence and may even be using sexual gratification to buffer the deeper negative issues that actually need our attention. Neither overindulgence or starvation are healthy for the marriage as a whole. Five, when we think something is wrong with me, it takes way too long for me to have an orgasm. Or when our spouse thinks something is wrong with her, it just takes way too long for her to have an orgasm. We look at ourselves or our spouse as the problem. We look at people as the problem that we have to solve for instead of just looking at the problem in and of itself, like orgasm taking time. And let's be real, orgasm taking time is only a problem if you think it's a problem. For women who have a desire journey that is highly sophisticated, there is never a thought of it taking too long because they actually enjoy the sexual journey of building up and creating and feeling a lot of desire for a good amount of time. Six, another downside of desire is when we are too focused on the final destination of orgasm. This leaves us too narrow-minded and too goal-oriented. For most women, the approach of let's stop and smell the roses along the way and let's enjoy the journey can actually be the most pleasurable part of the sexual experience. 
If that is hurried along, what happens to the pleasure? It becomes limited. If the focus is too much on the orgasm, we may miss out on how exquisite the journey actually is. This will mean we are leaving things out of the sexual experience, even leaving amazing things out. And often, when this happens, orgasm is not nearly as pleasurable or fulfilling as it could be. And at the same time, if we only spend time on the journey of creating and experiencing desire and never trying to get to the destination of having an orgasm, we also miss out on stimulating the pleasure part of the brain that will make it easier to come back for more. We miss out on the educational aspect of intimacy and how we can actually create and set up the best orgasmic experience for us to experience. We miss out on that knowledge of ourselves. Seven, when we have sexual desires that we never take a closer look at, with either having a lot of desire or a little desire, we may find that there are expectations embedded within, either for ourselves or for our spouse. And a lot of these expectations go unmet. If we have an expectation that our spouse should meet all of our sexual needs in marriage, and then they don't, we will feel like something has gone terribly wrong, like we've been cheated, and it's all our spouse's fault. This will keep us focused on ourselves as the victim and our spouse as the enemy. And if our spouse believes that he has to give us an orgasm every time that we have sex, and that he is supposed to be the best lover in the galaxy, but the wife's sexual desire revolves around the journey of foreplay as well as all the pleasure that she needs, he may end up feeling like a failure. And she may also feel like a failure. Eight, sometimes in the beginning of our marriage or our sexual journey together, there may be too much of a focus on the genitals since the marriage license is now what has given us full permission to explore these body parts without shame. This may move the relationship from a focus of conversations and quality time spent together to a genital-focused one. This can be a startling and difficult shift for the relationship. And it also leaves the other body parts ignored that show each spouse that they are loved as a whole person and that all body parts are included in that, not just the genitals. And at the same time, if we go on thinking that everything should stay exactly as it was in the beginning of the relationship with more and more time spent on anything and everything else except the genitals, we are also neglecting an important and intimate part of our spouse, almost rejecting them as a whole. Nine, when we only consider our own desire and don't consider the desire style of our spouse, we are being inconsiderate. It's kind of like a catch-22. We experience our desire the way we do, and we desire that our spouse can meet it or match it. We feel that they are inconsiderate of us, if they don't, and that they are selfish. 
And in the exact moment we are doing that, we are also the ones being inconsiderate of their desires. This just keeps both spouses in a more selfish mindset. Instead of looking outward and seeking greater understanding and not just seeking greater control over the situation. 10. When we don't take a closer look at our own desires or lack thereof, the shame that comes with that will only increase. When this happens, we usually go deeper into it, often hiding the guilt that comes with whatever thoughts and feelings we are having about our desires. Part of being in a marriage that is mature is being able to have conversations about adult topics and even difficult topics. Talking through all kinds of desires, from kinky desires to zero desires, does not mean obligation for the spouse to fulfill it. But never talking about it allows it to multiply. Zero desire to be intimate will continue to get stronger and bigger the longer it continues and the more it is never discussed. 11. When our desires or turn-ons are too rigid, too specific, too narrow, it can become very difficult for the other spouse who may need variety. Believe it or not, the fact is that most women need a large variety of things to get them in the mood for intimacy and to increase their desire for it. And yet we are never actually taught this. We are usually taught that men like variety. But what would happen if we really capitalized on the fact that women truly need a larger variety of exciting and romantic things in their life? What if both spouses accepted this truth with radical acceptance and then embraced it and then made it a part of their lives? We need to be more open, flexible, and mature about the endless possibilities of what our sexual experience can really look like and not be trapped by the limited stuff that is shown in the media. 12. When desire is ignored and left neglected, a high degree of boredom can set in. This can happen for both the high desire spouse as well as the low desire spouse. It becomes boring. If either spouse becomes bored and this issue of desire goes undiscussed, it can easily lead to seeking behaviors where either spouse will seek some type of variety or novelty somewhere else. This is why it is vital to know about the different types of desire as well as the different categories of arousal. Staying actively engaged in educating ourselves in this way even just a little bit at a time, can have huge benefits. So what do we do about some of these downsides of unshaped desire? Well, the first thing we need to do is get our mind on board and to shape our desire. We really need to challenge any of our own negative thoughts about the concept of desire, our spouse's desire and our own desire, and choose to exchange those thoughts for ones that are more beneficial. 
This will have amazing effects. We can even challenge ourselves by asking this question. What is it like to be loved by me? What's it like to have me as a lover? This might bring some fabulous answers to build upon, but it could also provide some insightful answers for us to work on. We can put our efforts into being mindful in the moment, especially during any part of the intimacy trek where we are building desire and arousal. We can get our mind to be mindful of the sensations our body experiences and then challenge our mind to allow ourselves to dive deeper into those sensations. When our mind gets distracted and starts to wander, we can gently redirect it back. Second, we can create a feeling of being genuinely curious about ourselves and our spouse. We can ask questions. Marriage is the most perfect time for this. Have more conversations about desire and how each of you experience the sexual journey. Marriage is meant for these types of discussions. And have confidence that, again, just because you discuss something doesn't mean the other spouse is obligated to fulfill something. Just discuss with the sole purpose of increasing a deeper understanding of each other. And then observe what effect these types of conversations have on your relationship. Third, get your emotions on board by thinking of wonderful thoughts about your spouse throughout the day. Increase your thoughts that ignite appreciation and gratefulness and the love that is shared between the two of you. Doing this early on in the day and even throughout the day can do wonders for your desire, whether it's low or high. The feelings of appreciation and gratitude can easily lead us to consider our spouse on a deeper level that feels more meaningful and fulfilling. And finally, let's get some healing on board. We all come to marriage with some baggage from the past. And as an adult, each of us are fully responsible for handling and managing those things in a way that is healthy so that we don't carry it around with us for the rest of our lives. Seek to heal something that's been broken or to forgive someone that has done you wrong. Seek healing and let your spouse in on how you are going about it. This can bring you two closer together in a different way, maybe a new and novel way, which sometimes is known to increase desire. So this next week, let's see if we can increase our awareness of what some of these downsides of desire are when we neglect it and don't nurture it or shape it in a way that is positive and productive. Let's choose to be active in shaping and developing our desire so that it is positive and beneficial. Because remember, the more you restore this type of intimacy with yourself, the more you restore it with your spouse. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you will join me again next week.